welcome to Speaking of College. Welcome, it's your source for reliable knowledge. Oh yeah, we got Dr. P as your host. As your host, we gon' tell you what you need to know. Need to know. Need to know. The more you know, the more you grow. The more you grow. The more you know, the more you grow. Grow. Get more knowledge. Knowledge. Welcome to Speaking of College. Speaking of College. Yeah. Welcome to Speaking of College, your source for reliable answers to college-related questions. I'm your host, Amelia Parnell, and after a long delay, I'm happy to bring you the first episode of Season 4. My guest today is Allison Griffin, and we had a great conversation about boards of trustees that I'm excited to share with you. Allison is Senior Vice President at Whiteboard Advisors, a communications, research, and consulting firm that supports organizations working to advance educational equity and economic mobility. Allison's experience on the implementation side of higher education and workforce development, and as a grant maker, is reflected in her practical understanding of how policy shapes practice. Her career in post-secondary education policy includes two terms as a policy advisor to the chairman of the U.S. House of Education and the Workforce, as well as an early career role with the American Association of State Colleges and Universities, where she guided state policy development. Allison joined Whiteboard Advisors after leading national engagement, government relations, and external affairs for Strata Education Network. Allison believes the solutions to our most pressing education and workforce challenges, from access to affordability to the alignment between skills and employment, are rooted in thoughtful collaboration among a growing community of diverse voices. As a natural convener and connector across policymakers, impact investors, entrepreneurs, practitioners, and employers, Allison is often at the center of moderating conversations and guiding solutions among national and state-level subject matter experts. Allison is a frequent commentator in the media on issues at the intersection of post-secondary education and employment. She's a Forbes contributor, and her opinion pieces have appeared in The Hill, The Washington Post, and Ed Surge. Allison co-leads Whiteboard's post-secondary education practice from Boulder, Colorado. Appointed by Governor Jared Polis in 2019 to the Colorado Mesa University Board of Trustees, Allison currently serves as chair of the board. She is the vice chair of the board of the Colorado League of Charter Schools and served the state of Colorado as a 2020 Governor's Fellow. Allison holds a master's degree in education from the University of Georgia and graduated with undergraduate degrees in business and psychology from Southern Methodist University. As an avid reader and live music lover, her goal each year is to read more than 52 books and see at least 20 concerts. Allison, welcome to the show. Thank you, Amelia. I appreciate you having me. I'm really looking forward to this conversation about governing boards. And I want to start the conversation off with the same question that I ask everybody. So if you think back to your college journey and fast forward all the way to now, it's pretty obvious by your bio that you have accomplished quite a bit and college was a successful experience for you. But for those listening and we want to go back in time a little bit, can you tell us about where you got your start and what influenced your decision to go there? Absolutely. So I started my undergraduate experience at Southern Methodist University in Dallas, Texas. And the reason that I chose SMU is because I actually was awarded a full scholarship. And it's really hard to turn down the opportunity to attend college when it's being paid for by the institution or perhaps a scholarship provider. And so I actually largely chose the institution that I attended because of that scholarship. 
But I also, when I attended SMU, I started to take interest in public policy and take interest in higher education. So I actually continued my studies beyond my undergraduate degree and pursued a master's degree at the University of Georgia in Athens, Georgia, in college student affairs administration. So people in my program finished their master's degree and went to work at a college or university, largely directly with students. All right. So we have the experts with us in this conversation. So as you know, I invite all my guests to wear a college t-shirt and you are wearing... I'm wearing a t-shirt from Colorado Mesa University, and Colorado Mesa University is located in Grand Junction, Colorado, which is on the western slope of the state, and I currently serve as a member of the Board of Trustees at CMU. Mm -hmm. And that's a nice segue. Uh, Before we get into it, I'm wearing Washington State University, go Cougars. As we were talking a little bit before today, and and I was telling you about the show, and you mentioned uh, the topic of governance in higher education, and specifically boards of trustees, I knew that it would be a great topic. Because as I think, even now among the college students with whom I talk, rarely do I hear any of them ask me questions about the board of trustees. But when we think about it, their influence is really significant. So to have you on the show to talk about boards of trustees is a really, really special treat. And I'm ready to get into it. So let's start with the basics. Can you tell us a little bit about the primary purpose of a board of trustees? What are they supposed to do? Absolutely. So the board of trustees, their main goal is to ensure that the college or university is achieving its mission. And the board of trustees is usually comprised of an odd number of individuals, because that way, when you get to the point of voting, you don't usually end up with a tie. Right. And so I share that because the size of boards of trustees may vary. Some colleges and universities might have five or seven trustees. Some colleges and universities might have 15 or 17 or 21 trustees. It all really depends how large the institution is, what their bylaws um, or governing documents require them to have. But when it comes to ensuring that the institution achieves its mission, that's all the activity related to setting the budget for the institution. It's helping to create new academic programs or approve new programs of study. A lot of boards of trustees connect with the faculty and deans at the campus to decide if they're going to add a program of study to the curriculum at that campus. Boards of trustees are also responsible for a lot of issues around strategic planning, setting the future goals for the institution, and also examining policies around risk management and safety and employment as it relates to the institution. It's essentially a governing board for a organization. So when you think about any organization, whether it's a small community group or a large corporate entity, a lot of those groups have a governing board that helps set the direction for that organization. An institution of higher education is no different with its board of trustees. I'll say one other quick thing, Amelia, The one other responsibility that boards of trustees have is to usually hire, evaluate, and manage the relationship with the university leader, whether that's a president or a chancellor. Oftentimes, the board of trustees is responsible for ensuring consistent employment and 
activity around the university president's role and responsibilities. I'm so glad you did the follow-up because that was going to be my next question. I was going to say, for the average college goer, they'll probably say, I thought the president was in charge. I thought the president made all the decisions. And I was going to ask you, how does the relationship between a president and the board actually play out? So who actually is in charge of making major decisions? Is it one or the other or both? Does the president report to the board on everything? That is a great follow-up because the president oftentimes reports to the board. Now, this is not the case at every single institution. There are some governing structures that are a little different. Sometimes a president might report into a, a state commission or a state board, but largely institutions of higher education with governing boards are responsible for the president's ability to execute on his or her job. I will say also boards of trustees operate differently. I can talk to you a little bit about how our board at CMU operates. My philosophy has been nose in, hands out. (laughs) Enough to look in, right? And understand what's going on at the institution. But our job is not to run the institution. Our job is to set that strategic vision and help support the strategic goals of the university. And so we keep our hands out of the day-to-day business, but we're very interested in what the president, and in this case, his team, is doing to advance the goals of the institution. That's cool. I never thought about it as uh, nose in, hands out, and, uh, the idea that the board can be a little nosy. So I have to say, it's not often that even I get a chance to talk to too many current board members of an institution. So I got to say, I have to ask you this. Now, you listed a long, long, long list of things that the board does. And surely with, across all those individuals, everybody's not doing everything. If you can, to some extent, tell us what you do for the Colorado Mesa University Board. Absolutely. So as the board chair, my first role is to chair the board meetings. So we meet about five times a year, sometimes a little more often if we have a special meeting, but I chair those meetings and they usually last a day to a day and a half, sometimes two days. We all will start first thing in the morning at 830 and usually run until five or six o'clock at night and come back the next day to finish our agenda. I also chair our executive committee and our executive committee is completely of the chair, the vice chair, the secretary, and the treasurer. And I will say in this case, Colorado Mesa University in Colorado has the only all-female executive committee of a board of trustees at a public institution in Colorado. So the first and the only. And so honestly, it's an honor to serve in this role, both in service to the university, but also in a relatively unprecedented role at this time in Colorado's history. In addition to serving as the board chair and then the chair of the executive committee, I am also responsible for attending events that the university might host. I'm an ambassador on behalf of the university, perhaps to the governor's office or to the legislature or to other college and university leaders in the state. Oftentimes, I'll attend meetings and represent the university, depending on what the nature of the conversation is about. But it's a lot of representing higher education and specifically CMU, in this case, to our various publics. Yeah. 
So that sounds like a really cool role. And now that you've mentioned all the different places where you get to go and you get to have conversations, I can think of a lot of ways that you can influence the success of the students who are actually there. And so you also list a lot of work. It's a lot of work to be on a board. And so I'm curious, what's something that is fun about your board experience so far? And maybe what's something that's still a little more challenging than your average day-to-day activities? I'm going to start first with the challenge. One of the most challenging things about serving on the board is trying to reconcile where our institution fits in to all the other priorities in the state. So not just within higher education, but trying to get the attention of our legislature, get the attention of our governor, even get the attention of our local community, the mayor and our economic development committee and just our region, really trying to help all of those policymakers or policy leaders understand the value of higher education. That's an ongoing challenge. And honestly, it's a great opportunity to tell the story. And that takes me to the thing that I enjoy the most, which is actually interacting with our students. I would say my observation of higher ed governing boards is that the majority don't have that regular engagement and interaction with students. They come to the campus, they engage with the president or the leadership team. They might have a presentation or two from students, but our board has been very intentional about spending time with students. When we're on campus for board meetings, we spend time with our students. When our students are hosting activities on campus or maybe across the state, whether that's a theater performance or a sporting activity or event, our trustees are given a ticket or a pass or invited to host a student for dinner. And really getting to know the students and understand their experience helps us do a better job of representing the institution. Yeah. So it is a fun job. I I can tell. I I think for the person who's listening to this right now and thinking, wow, how does the path to board leadership, you know, go from A to B? I wanted to mention one other aspect of boards of trustees, which is that in many cases, some of them actually have a student member. So in some instances, you don't have to actually wait until you have an illustrious career to get back to being on a board. If you are a student, you might have that opportunity. So does your board have a student member? And how in generally, uh, if you can say in general, would a student be able to to get to an opportunity like that. Absolutely. So the CMU Board of Trustees, we do have a student representative to the board. We also have a faculty representative to the board. So the majority of our members of the Board of Trustees are appointed by the governor. So Governor Polis is currently the governor of Colorado. He has appointed members of our board, but our faculty trustee and our student trustee are both elected by their respective constituencies. So the student member of our board of trustees was elected by the students to serve on the board, similar to our faculty member elected by the faculty to serve on our board. And their main responsibility is to ensure that the student and faculty voice is represented in all decisions that are made by the board. It depends. Sometimes we involve the student or the faculty member in matters concerning personnel and some of the operations of the institution. Depends on what those conversations are really about. But more often than not, the students and faculty are involved in conversations about the budget, 
They're involved in conversations about the new programs that we add. They are involved in conversations about all the student support services that we might be creating or expanding in support of our learners. So it's a great way for a student who wants to take more of a leadership role in the life of the institution to be directly involved. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I can think of really few, if any, other opportunities that would provide as much for a student at that junction in their, I guess, learning journey. So I got one more question for you before we go to the break. And it's really related to common misconceptions. It's part of the reason why I'm doing this show is to really provide reliable answers to college-related questions. And sometimes those questions have answers that are not really appropriate or not really accurate, I would say. And so I can imagine if we ask the average college goer, what is a board of trustees, if some of them know, they might actually have some misconceptions about what boards do. And I think maybe you might know of a few of those. And if so, what are they? Absolutely. So I think the biggest misconception about university trustees are that they're big donors to the institution. I've come across so many students who I don't know if it's tongue in cheek or if they're actually serious, but ask me directly, well, how much money did you university? <laughs> and I say, actually, not a lot. But what I am passionate about is service. And so you'll find more often than not, the people who are appointed to boards of trustees, particularly at the regional institutions around your communities, your community colleges, those are all people who have indicated that they're interested in public service. So at CMU and actually in Colorado, the majority of our trustees are appointed by the governor because the people who serve have indicated to the governor that they want to serve the state of Colorado and the people in Colorado. We do have a few institutions whose trustees or regents, and oftentimes those terms are used interchangeably, trustee or regent, their regents are elected. And so if you're familiar with Colorado and the University of Colorado system, like CU Boulder, the governance board there is elected by the people. And so there's an opportunity for people who live in Colorado to actually vote for who will be serving on that governance board. So it's a mixed model, but I would say fundamentally at the core of a trustee's commitment to the institution is a commitment to public service. Yeah, and I really appreciate that. I think that's a good way to actually provide some support for any board of trustee member who's working really hard to actually advocate on behalf of students and actually navigate the business of the institution. So we're going to go to a break. And when we come back, I'm going to do the Ask the Expert section, which is where I ask you a few harder questions. We're going to talk about the future of college governance uh, when we come back. We use data to make decisions every day, whether we're checking the weather, managing our budget, or planning a project. Sometimes it's easy to know which information you need and how to use it, while at other times, it's nice to share and analyze your data with a friend. I love data conversations, and I want those discussions to be more accessible and beneficial to everyone. So I wrote a book, and it's called You Are a Data Person, Strategies for Using Analytics on Campus. In the book, I explain why I think we all have a data identity that includes six core abilities that we all possess to some degree. I wrote this book to encourage all of us to leverage our strengths and make some of our most critical data-informed decisions together. If you want to learn more, my new book, You Are a Data Person, is available on Amazon and all other major book outlets.
All right. So Allison, are you ready for the Ask the Expert set of questions? I am. Bring it on. I think you are too. All right. So if you think about all the different ways that the president and the board of trustees have to make decisions about what to prioritize, what student issues should be at the forefront of their planning and development, from your perspective as a current board member and also your long career in higher education, what would you say is a common student-centered issue that many boards and presidents still have to really, really work hard to address? I'd say the number one issue confronting the majority of institutions and boards right now is the cost of college. And that is probably not surprising to you or to anyone who is listening. And I will say it's an incredibly complex issue. And without getting into the details of all of the issues surrounding the cost of college, I will say that it's rooted in the budget for the institution, not just in the year that we might be talking about, but five or 10 years or even longer down the road. We're also making decisions around facilities, right? How the facility is operating. Is it cleaned? Are the lights working? Does the Wi-Fi work? All those things that everyone appreciates about having a great place to learn and live. So we talk about facilities. We talk about paying our faculty and staff. We talk about providing student services. All of that is wrapped into the budget and therefore is wrapped into what we are charging tuition and fees. As a public institution, we're also spending a tremendous amount of time working with the state because we do get money from the state of Colorado to help offset some of those costs that we have to incur on behalf of essentially running an organization, running a college or university. So we spend the majority of our time talking about our budget, but first and foremost, we are talking about the implications that whatever decisions we're making in the budget will have on tuition and fees that are charged to students. So I want your listeners to understand, you know, all the articles that they might be reading or news reports they might be hearing that talk about the cost of college they're right to be paying attention because that's also the topic that's top of mind for trustees and presidents. Allison, you know, this was not pre-scripted. I didn't know what you were going to say, but I'm not surprised. And I can say that I have a similar thought and opinion to yours. The very first episode of the very first season of the show was speaking of college costs. And it was me talking with Gilbert Bodefe, works at Georgetown in the, the Office of Financial Aid, about all the different considerations for students paying for college. And it can be very, very costly. And then similarly, two or three episodes ago in this season, I thought about taking it from the other perspective and talk with Liz Clark about how colleges pay their bills. And common misconceptions that maybe all of the money comes from tuition, but that's part of it, but there are others too. So I think we could probably make a whole season on anything related to college costs and paying for it and who contributes and all that kind of stuff. So I got an idea about how to maybe pull on that thread a little bit more. So I'm not surprised that boards of trustees and presidents are talking about it. So thank you for reminding us. I think it is the number one issue. I'm completely convinced it is. So let's say someone's listened to this episode and Allison, you've convinced them that that boards of trustees are a pivotal function within uh, college's operations. For the student who says maybe they're not quite interested in serving in a board of trustee role, but they are now curious and they do want to be a little bit nosy about what's going on. How might they learn more about the activities of the college and the board of trustees decisions around those? Well, I will say For a student attending a public college or university, it's pretty simple. 
Google (laughs) at your institution. You can just, as my teenagers say, search it up, right? (laughs) Look for the board of trustees site on your university, college or university webpage. And if you're, again, attending a public institution, those meetings are public meetings. Anyone can attend. We actually have students who attend our meetings. We have community members who come to our meetings. We have journalists who come to our meetings. Anyone is allowed to come into that meeting and listen to the discussions that the board is having. Most meetings also allow a period of time on the agenda for public comment. And you'd have to follow up with your institutional leader to find out how you can speak during the meeting. Every institution is different, but most institutions do allow a portion of the agenda for the board to hear directly from students. So I would encourage you, particularly around the issue we just talked about, which is college costs. If you have a concern about the cost of college, or perhaps you have a question about how resources are being invested by your board or by your president and his or her leadership team, you should attend the meeting and you should look at the agenda and find out when are they going to be talking about setting tuition? What kind of decisions are they making about mental health support for students? What kind of decisions are being made about capital expenditures, new buildings on campus? All of that would be discussed during a trustees meeting and in large part is open to the public. Yeah. Awesome. I don't know that everybody knew that, but I'm happy they know now. So I just have two more questions. One is probably the hardest one, but maybe a little bit fun. And then the last one is my favorite question. So the next to last question. So if I'm thinking about the role of a board of trustees and their task of probably making some of the hardest decisions possible, because once you get to the board level, there is no other place to send those types of questions. And so a lot of that has to be related to strategy. So what to do, how to do it, when to do it, and with what resources. And so as I think about your role and any other board role, that means a lot of looking toward the future, looking toward what might happen and how to plan for it. So I got to know, do you have a big, bold prediction that you'd make about how colleges will operate in the future? And if so, What is that prediction? So I think we've learned a lot over the last two to three years living through a global pandemic. I think we've learned a lot about how our learners learn. That is in both in person, that is online, that's in a hybrid environment. Our institutions have had to adjust really quickly. Some of them did it very well. Some of them had trouble making those adjustments, just like our learners. Some adjusted really quickly and some are still struggling. And so I just want to acknowledge that leaders at our institutions across the country are thinking about the future and what it means to learn, what the environment looks like. How do we both grow a in-person experience, but also expand an online or distance or virtual learning experience. We think about learners who are coming up from middle school or high school who have been exposed to technology and computers, their entire learning experience. What will that look like for higher education, which has traditionally been brick and mortar buildings where people come and sit in a classroom? So I think there are a lot of challenges for higher ed to think about what the learning experience will look like. I also think that there will be new partnerships that emerge with businesses and community organizations. How will higher ed become part of a community 
embedding learning experiences for students of all backgrounds. And I think that institutions have a big challenge ahead of us, to be honest. Institutions over the last decade or two, I would argue probably longer, have become the social safety net for so many of our students, providing mental health services and health wellness services and food services and being a safe place for a residential experience. And I think that those needs that students have will only continue to grow as our student population becomes older more diverse, and working while they're attending college. I couldn't agree more. I think the future is virtual. I think the future is more collaborative. And I definitely think the future will be requiring us to be more responsive to students' needs. And the board of trustees' role is essential. So speaking of students' needs, I got to ask the last question, which is my favorite question. So we've talked a lot about the purpose of the board and your role on the board and what they can be in the future and all of that. But ultimately, it comes back down to students being successful. And as I think about them being successful, we have to think about what they really need. So I want to go real practical with you and ask you to pretend as though you were preparing a backpack for a student who's about to start college in the fall. So let's say any day now, maybe any week now. What's something that you would put in that backpack and why? So you might question why I think this is essential. The thing that I would actually put in a student's backpack is a stack of stamped postcards and a short address list. And that short address list would be all the people who have interacted with that student before they got to college in some meaningful way a high school counselor, an employer, a neighbor, a community member. And I would encourage that student over the course of their time at the institution, jot a quick note. (laughs) I'm providing the stamps, right? So all you have to do is drop in the mailbox and I'm providing the addresses. All you have to do is write a simple two or three sentence note. One, to thank that person for coming around you and supporting you. Two, tell them something you're doing on campus. And then three, share an idea about something that might potentially impact the future of your journey that could make you more successful. I think people like to hear about the impact that they've had on students. And I share that because as a trustee, I have received countless notes from our students who have just said, thank you for keeping students in mind when you make decisions. And I think there's no one else that is top of mind. So I'd encourage you as a student to thank the people who helped you get where you are. Allison, I have asked this question, I mean, multiple dozens of times. And every time I get a new answer, I'm excited even more. This is probably, it may be one of the best answers I've heard yet, is practical, is purposeful, and it's encouraging. So I just have to say thank you for joining me on the show. Thank you for letting me ask you so many questions in the weeds uh, about what Board of Trustees do and for honestly joining me in our professional capacities as another advocate for student success in college. I've known you for years and this has truly been a pleasure to have you on the show. So thank you so much for this. I'll put links in the show notes to an article about you and your board service and other things that you think would be useful for people to know about Boards of Trustees. So I am excited for people to hear this. Thank you so much. Are you on social media? Is there a place where people can follow you as well? Absolutely. So I'd love for your listeners to connect with me in two places. One is my Twitter account, and it's Allison, A-L-I-S-O-N-R, 
Griffin, G-R-I-F-F-I-N. And then I'm also on LinkedIn. And one of the things that I value most is connecting with learners who are pursuing higher education. Always happy to share advice or make a connection. Awesome. I'll put those links there as well. Allison, thank you again. It's good to be with you. If you have a question about college or an idea for a future episode of the show, I'd like to hear from you. Just send me a note at amelia at speakingofcollege.com. I'll be back with another episode soon. And in the meantime, I hope you have an inspiring day.